to Simpler. We are three pastors, husbands, and fathers on a journey to make life simpler by holding Jesus as the core for every belief and practice. This journey has shaped us to be more like Christ, freed us from the shame of failure, and encouraged us to a deeper love of our Lord and God. We invite you to join us in the discussions that have shaped and continue to shape our lives. So that we can have thoughts some... of essence of Stephen. <laughs> essence of Stephen. Yeah, all the girls come running. Are you uh are you still doing your speed disc golf? Yeah. yeah. Well, I've been doing it, but my calf has been re- oh, yeah, real you weird. Said it so hurt. like I was like speed walking after my calf. It's been fine, <laughs> but like today for whatever reason. You haven't been biking. No, well, right? not lately. I need I need to. I, it's just one of those things like I'm gonna die for like a week and a half. So yeah, I know that now because I've ridden enough. And getting like, I, back into the routine of it. Yes, that's so how that's I feel about running. That's what's hard is like I got to find that week and a half. It's it honestly this sounds dumb, but like I'm not negating working out. Mm-hmm. It, it has no value for me if I go ride one day and then don't ride again for three weeks. Like yeah, it no, doesn't yeah, yeah, have yeah. all it does is make me sore and tired and yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't have any. It doesn't have much value for me. But, so I need to have that. I need like a two or three week period when I can like Dude, get I, into it and then now Stacy he lives he lives right over by Robert he lives you know three quarters of a mile from mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. and he has that huge workout That's thing crazy. I know I need to go I need to I like him and he's so much stinking stronger than me that like it would be good for me to work out with him because he'd kick my butt for sure <laughs> you know <laughs> but he has like like that machine. You could do every single exercise in the whole wide world that you wanted to do on it. It's pretty awesome. He was showing us yesterday mm-hmm. or the other day, he was showing us at a church Pierce, like this new Smith machine that he bought that has Everything. all the workout stuff. Wow. And, uh, but it was funny because he came and did my ghetto workout with me mm-hmm. and he, his ankles messed up and it was really, really hurting him that day, like a lot. And he couldn't keep going. So we, we quit. So you won. I did. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he, He's kind of like me in that, like it kind of pissed him off. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he went and he made himself a tire sled that, so he's like, <laughs> I'm going to beat that thing, man. That's like, I, it's not going to take me down. And so, <laughs> but that's what I like is because I, I want a guy like, I need, I need that right now because I have just, I have been in a rut, man. That knees over toes guys. One of the things he said with, with the harness for pulling a sled, which would be like the tire. Yeah is he suggests using a waist strap instead of a, tr- a chest harness. Oh, nice. He said it it forces you to be more balanced. That would make sense. And so he said it's a better workout if you have a waist strap versus a like a chest harness. That would make sense. I don't know, it's, I don't it, know the, the reasoning. But. The drag is more on your middle, on your torso, mm-hmm. instead of up on the mm. up on the top of your shoulders, pulling back, you know? Yeah. He also, I think he also said it's better for like your knees and stuff too. Well, I, I loved what uh, Stacy said. I don't know if you heard this part, but he was saying that like, because I was saying, man, I just... My love handles keep getting bigger. I'm having to go out a, be- a notch on my belt. And, <laughs> and he said, you know, because uh, I'm not, I'm probably not ever going to be the guy that just eats plain chicken breast on top of brown rice three meals a day. I'm just not going to yeah. be that dude. Um, but I can, I can do better. I know that. Like I've done better, mm-hmm. you know. But, uh, but one of the things he said is, have you ever seen a guy with big biceps, big chest, big legs who had a big belly? The answer is no. Like, Work out, like mm-hmm. do your workout. Mm-hmm. And then basically what he was saying is like, that part takes care of itself. Like a lot of people go, oh, I'm going to work on my stomach. Well, take care of yourself. Do the rest of it. And then that takes care of itself. I and saw so, someone post a tweet recently that said, like all you people who are, who are worrying about your diets, he goes, if you lift for 30 minutes every day and do cardio, cardio for 30 minutes every day, you'll lose weight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, it wasn't any other like. One of the things, because Stacy's strong. One of the things that I appreciated about him is he said that, uh, he he said he has a buddy. I think it was a friend of his that he was like, this this guy says, like I work out so I can eat. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah, I heard you know, say like that. <laughs> uh, uh, our son, uh, our oldest son Asher, had a band fundraiser, and to get him to this certain level, he needed to sell a certain number of box of cookies on the first day, and then a certain number in the first week, and whatever. Well first day it's like who do you call the first day to go hey help us hit this number so i just bought like eight things yeah. and so we have all this frozen cookie dough in our in our freezer <laughs> and we've been making yeah and they're so dang good and so i'm gonna have two cookies every night before bed yeah but i got a two two ten i was like <laughs> <laughs> look those kind of cookies like you so you just eat them so you know I, 
<sighs> I I am so glad that for whatever reason the 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 mindset of Christmas doesn't just go through the whole year because yeah. we we had we had people give us I, I think there was we had no less than ten different boxes or tins of cookies and different yeah. things that people had brought us. Mm-hmm. And I ate all, all of them. <laughs> Did you get any, uh, what's that? What's that fruit bread? Uh, uh, fruitcake. Fruitcake. Yeah, I did not, but I like fruitcake. Fruit I literally want to be like, it's fruit bread. <laughs> it's fruit, <laughs> it's, it's bread, fruit bread. Change approved. It's fruit bread. <laughs> From now on, fruit bread. But like, um, very more Christ. Very more Christ. So at bread. Christmas time, I was like, okay, I need two cookies from this tin, but I really like those little things from that tin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was doing all of that with a glass of milk. I was like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I gotta, I've got to do better because like it's just, I can feel it. Like I just, I feel more tired, you know. And it's kind of what you're saying though that like I know the first week and a half minimum for me is gonna kick my butt, but I also know. Because it was, it was a, a year ago, I think, uh, a little over a year ago, I did like five months in a row, didn't miss a day. And by the end of that, I was feeling really good. But I just, then I got out of the habit of it. And then it takes me nine months to get back into a regular routine. <laughs> How do people stay disciplined in that kind of stuff? I don't know. I don't know. Why are you so complacent? I don't know, <laughs> man. <laughs> well, hey, everybody. Uh, foreshadowing. <laughs> That's right. Well, we know how Ryan's doing. <laughs> you doing all right, Mike? Hey, Pierce. Yeah, I'm good. Doing good, man. Yeah, me it's too. A busy, busy travel season with lots of disc golf chapels. Oh, totally. And some some cool church events, but gone a lot. Dope. It's awesome. <laughs> it's dope that you're gone a lot. We don't like your. Well, it's. I mean, well, you like it. It's good. No, for, no, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. You like it. It's not like we're happy. Like, for it's it. a cool ministry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And you post a lot of updates. I mean, so yeah, if you if you want to know what's going on, I need to post feel, more updates. But I'm like, gonna do a shameless plug for you. Follow <laughs> at Mike Mariano on, on Instagram. On Instagram, yeah, uh, go see what's going on as he's traveling. He he keeps it up to date on his Instagram. So go check out the reels he's posting. Check out um, the pictures that he's posting. He's he's staying up to date with what's going on over there. So see all the chapels. See what's going on with Eagles Wings. See what's going on with what he's preaching. What he's doing. Um, Let's go over to the PCC. Let's do it. Let's step over there. Yeah, here we are. What's up, everybody? Sit on down, Indian style. That's what we're doing today. We're crossing our legs. When's the last time you sat like that? <coughs> Probably with, with, with a one-year-old. I mean, <laughs> oh, that's true. Right, right. That's true. That's we true. sit down on the floor a lot, so I'm sitting down. I mean, I'm not I'm not very comfortable. I'm a big guy, I, so I gotta. I just thought about that. I can't remember the last time I've sat Indian style. I need to try that. Yeah, yeah. I won't get up, but it, yeah, yeah. I gotta adjust quite a bit. I don't get comfortable on the floor very easily. Um, what's up everybody? So this year, 2022, uh, I, a lot of people make their new year's resolutions. They want to read more books. And so that wasn't my new year's resolution, but, Dude, uh, been for it. the longest time, my wife's been listening to books through an app called the Libby app, which you basically just connect your library card and you have access to a lot of audiobooks. You have, if you want to, you have access to a lot of digital, uh, like e-reader type books as well. And so I, I, she connected me a while back and I was like, man, every single audiobook I ever look up, I can't ever find. So I guess just the library sucks. And she was like, well, no, like I have a huge, like thousands upon thousands of audiobooks that are at my disposal. Let me, let me check your app. And so she did. And I, there was just something wrong with the connection. So she deleted everything, signed out, reconnected her library card because I guess I'm four years old and I can't go get a library card. So I just don't get it. I didn't, I just didn't go get my own. So I connected her library card. And, uh, it, feels, and it feels weird, doesn't it? A little bit to have what? a library card as an adult, but Does like, it? I should have just, I don't know. Go literally have a library card. It wasn't I don't until, even read and have a library card. Right. It wasn't until this moment that I thought, why didn't I just go get a library card? But I was waiting for my wife to connect her library card to my phone <laughs> so that I could do this. But anyway, awesome. now I have all, now I've got like 20 to 30 audiobooks tagged with my name on them. So I've got all these books lined up. Anyway, I'm on book, uh, are you reading or listening? I'm listening. So yeah, yeah, cool. I've replaced, so I, there's actually kind of, I've learned recently there's kind of a negative side. I've replaced a lot of my podcast listening time with audiobooks time. Mm. So I like it, but I'm also kind of behind on some modern things that I would keep up with through <laughs> yeah. podcasts. And so, yeah, because you listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Like so like, that's my yeah. background noise is a lot of podcasts. Yeah. So now my background noise has become audiobooks, which I really like because you're right. I'm flying through books and I like that I can. Hey, oh, thanks, look, uh, look Matchless at, Photography for our. That's right. February Dr. Peppers. Thank you, wow. Colin. 
Um, yeah, so I like that I can, I mean, I've finished Ender's Game. That's a book that I've wanted to read for a long time. Just haven't had the time to, or haven't made the time, I guess, to do game? it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So in high school, what's funny is my teacher, that's one that a lot of people read in high school, but for some reason, my teacher wanted us to read Ender's Shadow, which is like a side story from a different, it's, it's Ender's Game, but from a different perspective hmm. from the character Bean. Um, and so reading this one, I really enjoyed. And then I was like, maybe I'll read the series. And then I looked up the extent of the series and I was like, I'm not going to read the series because <laughs> there's just so many facets of the entire story. It's a lot like Lord of the Rings. It's just a lot okay. going on to the entire tale. So I was like, maybe in a different time, I'll try to figure out exactly what's going on, but not right now. Um, I read Rhett and Link's book, uh, Lost Cause of Bleak Creek, Bleak Creek, which is a just really dark, got like very cultish. Very, like I had no idea with them two being like internet comedians. I was like, oh, where are we going with this? And so where I'm going with the PCC, I decided to do the audiobook of Mere Christianity, which oh. is... Wow, it's an audiobook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at... C.S. Lewis isn't reading it, though. See, which, <laughs> that would have been dope. It is so sad, though, because Mere Christianity started as a radio discussion. Yeah. yeah. And so I wish that they... I didn't know that. I That's wish, awesome. Yeah. Uh -huh. So I wish that they would have, which they may have. So I haven't looked this up. If you guys are listening, you guys know that they've released that radio discussion. I would love to hear C.S. Lewis talking because I feel like he would have a lot more emotion about what he's talking about than this audiobook reader because it was, it was just very much like the same ABC type of format. Like, like just like that the entire time. And then all of his breaths were like, just every single time he would breathe. And so after, just like I did, so after, after a while you kind of tune it out, it becomes like, it becomes like white noise. Um, just the little nuances of it. But all that to say, I really enjoyed listening to your Christianity, but the way that my brain works, I, I realized, oh, I probably should have read this book because there's so much information at once. So good. I really, really, really enjoyed it. But also as I was taking so much of it in, being a philosophy minor when I was in college, this book is very much a philosophy book about Christianity, but the way a lot of people take it is a theology book. And I think a lot of people that, doesn't even say in mere Christianity. I'm not a theologian. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So like, and what I love it's about been a long it, time since I've read it, but I don't know if he says it blatantly. He, when he gets to the theology sec, a section, he talks about how a lot of Christians don't want to talk about theology. Yeah. So I think he, he even during that discussion says, I'm not a theologian. Like, I think mm -hmm. he makes pretty clear. One of the books, C.S. Lewis books I've read, he says, I'm not a theologian. Mm -hmm. I think I, I would, based off of his personality that's shown. I can't in, believe you've read books, Micah. <laughs> based off of his personality shown in this book. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it's the majority of the books that most people take as theology books. Um, brilliant logic and reason book. I think it's amazing. And I like, and I really liked it that this is basically his testimony thrown on paper. Like it's like, it's him. And he even expresses like his kickback to Christianity, but through thinking about it and through seeing Christ in this way, he couldn't flee from it. Like see, and then like, Obviously, like through, I mean, I'm, I can't give you guys the full extent of the entire book right now on a podcast, but there's so twofold within what I said about it being a philosophy book and not a theology book. I think as reading it that way, I really loved all of the philosophy, all of the breakdown, all of the logic and reasoning, all of his examples kind of walking through it, seeing his personality expressed through that book. But also it made me really sad because as I'm hearing this book in, a, in its extent for the first time or in its entirety for the first time, it made me really sad because I was hearing so many of the quotes that people were used, that people have used <laughs> that I've heard my life throughout my life that people would base chunks of their theology yeah. off of. And I wish I would have wrote, like wrote down examples, but that's, again, I was just listening yeah. to the book. I didn't have to, I wasn't jotting down things as I was listening. Um, but you would hear different nuances of the things that he would say about heaven. I don't know if the mud pie example uh, was in mere Christianity, but that's one of the quotes that people yeah, would yeah. use of it like, is. we're too often doing these things, which I think is a great thought, thought. but people often will like in their perspective, subconsciously equate that to like a, a verse about heaven or a passage about heaven. I think people do that of, with like Christian books in general. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess, I guess because C.S. Lewis has been around for so mm -hmm. long, his name has become a staple yeah. in that well, discussion. I think, and I guess to be fair, like people do that with sermons too. Oh, absolutely. If the pastor says, here's my thought on this. People yeah. take that as like, this is the way it is. Which I guess the culture commentary of that is it shows, and I'm, I don't, 
so temper me in this. I don't want to make like reading the Bible any sort of like rule or standard or law or anything like that. But like, I think it shows that we're not doing a lot of that either as a community discussing the scriptures. I think whenever we have, a lot, at least in my experience, I think a lot of the times we have, when we have a small group, we read books like Mere Christianity instead of saying like, hey guys, let's all go through Galatians together. I think we'll go through Mere Christianity together. A lot of the small groups that I had growing up, we were reading the latest Francis Chan book instead of walking through Romans together. Um, and I don't think there's, there's nothing wrong with that innately, yeah. but I think that what a lot of the times we don't have a firm groundwork with the scriptures that whenever we, uh, whenever we approach these huge names in the faith, like Francis Chan, C.S. Lewis, Matt Chandler, um, all these different names, we're going to equate them to this, regardless of what they say, it's truth. Because I went through that book at my church. Mm. And does that that make sense? Like, because I went through this book, it's got to be truth. Whereas whenever we were going through those books at the 710, we were approaching those books saying, hey, through the lens of the scripture, let's approach this book. Through the lens of what God has to say, let's approach this book. Instead of saying, you know what, C.S. Lewis is the standard. We're saying God's a standard. Let's approach this book. Mm -hmm. And then we can glean what we can glean from it. What a great thought that C.S. Lewis has to say about heaven. Yeah, we're we're too content with the met with with, we we think the world is good. Man, God has things that are so much better. What a beautiful thought that C.S. Lewis has to say. And we can back up this beautiful thought with with the with the beauty of what God has had to say about himself, about the richness of life in Christ, about the richness of eternal life that is to come. What a beautiful thought Mm -hmm. that C.S. Lewis has reflects the goodness of the scripture or of the word that God has already proclaimed. Um, and that I think is the perspective that we should have instead of building up what these men have. And I think that's what these men would have wanted. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the times I can't say that across sure. the board, but a lot, I think uh, the personality that's shown with CS Lewis, I think that's what he would, he would want. And I was saying the other day, Ryan, uh, we were hanging out. Uh, there's also this huge chunction about a chunk, chunction, section. I was going to say chunk and section. Yeah, yeah. Chunction. I like it. <laughs> there's this huge chunk where he's talking about morality. Mm. And he's talking about it from the perspective of God doesn't seem to be a God who really cares about how we act. He kind of seems to be a God that cares about what we, what we believe. <laughs> and like, awesome. and I, and that, that, that's Pierce's like yeah. pa- paraphrase of what he's saying. But I was like, why are people holding on to that about what's you? I haven't heard that at all. <laughs> like, yeah, because it's contrary to their I know, right? worldview. Like, and I loved that so much was that as soon as as soon as he, the the audiobook reader said, like, this next section we're gonna go into morality, I was like, oh, I wonder what this book that came out in the 40s or 50s has to say about morality. Because my thought, my bend is always so judgmental towards the past of like, well, these people from the past screwed up our view about morality. But this is a teacher who was upholding like mm-hmm. this view of God, this view of salvation that, man, God doesn't seem to be really care, caring about where we walk, what we do. He cares about where what we believe about him, what we believe about what he's accomplished and how we submit ourselves to him. That seems to be where he is. Yeah. And now that we, now that we, our lives are in him, we now walk in that. That's, that was kind of like the core of where he was going. And I know that I have my bends and my own thoughts um, in my own language that I'm adding to kind of what he's saying. So that may not be a fair 100% of where exactly C.S. Lewis was, but there was so much of that he was condemning the modern view of, even our modern view of morality and the modern view of morality then that I was like, dude, yes. Like, why can't people cling to that? Like, <laughs> instead of all these little one-liners that you got throughout the whole book, like clinging to this concept. So anyway, um, yeah, if you're out there reading these books, I think there's a, there's a lot of good things that can come from these books, but they will never replace the word of God. And I phrase it that way very specifically. Um, But they can be great thoughts that can reflect the goodness of the word of God, reflect the truth that is found in the word of God. Um, And so take it, take it that way. Um, But yeah. And if you haven't downloaded the Libby app, I think it's a great app. I think it's a great resource. Um, We've, we we're advocates for, for listening to and taking in content that way we've talked about listening to the word uh listening to the bible to the dwell app through different apps and resources that way and so if you're not necessarily a reader but you want to take in those things libby is a free app you just got to have a library card and you can get those for free or if you've got a wife my, my wife will just give you her library card there you go. <laughs> everybody's on your wife's library card <laughs> yeah i know right oh boy um howdy sometimes I just got complacent in a, in a world without a library card. Yeah, I didn't. Did. And I just needed to ask my wife. I don't even know. 
I'm probably using the wrong word here. <laughs> Ryan, what are we talking about today? <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> I'm complacent in this. That was a great transition. Best well, I was trying yet. to use the word refresh and complacent. Yeah, and, I don't know. I, I don't uh, even know that we're calling this episode refresh. That's true. That's the word it's I have just, here. It's just the placeholder. True. Know. I was complacent yeah, in my refreshment. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, Pierce, what we're talking about today is this uh, feeling that Christians get of complacency and this idea that um, sometimes you just get stuck. You can't seem to move forward in your relationship with God. Speaking complacency specifically as it relates to the relationship with Christ. And that sometimes it just it feels like you're stuck. But we want to talk today about how you don't have to be. And you don't have to be kind of going nowhere in your faith. There don't have to be these big periods and these big gaps where you just kind of feel like you can't do anything. But Ryan, wouldn't we say that complacency as a believer is an inevitability? Well, actually, Pierce, uh, no, um, it doesn't have to be an inevitability. I do think we've kind of been taught that it's inevitable. And I think that's part of the problem. But uh, when, when we think about complacency, uh, I mean, I, th- I do think that sometimes it's our own uh, lack of drive, um, but I, I think that there's a lack of drive sometimes because there's a, a lack of expectation or a lack of understanding of how good God is. Like, I, I think if, if, we, if we recognize God's goodness, we recognize his grace and his love, then there's a, there's a desire there. But I also think sometimes what we're calling complacency isn't complacency at all. So one mm-hmm. of the things for sure that I want to talk about is uh, when you, I, I remember I went to kids camp from the time I was old enough to go to kids camp, second grade, third grade, whatever that was. And then uh, in, in youth, seventh through 12th grade, I went to two camps a year. I went to church camp with my friend and then I went to our church camp from our church. And, uh, and inevitably every, so Monday night would be normal, Tuesday night service normal, Wednesday night service normal, Thursday night, the last night of camp, they wouldn't put the lights up full. <laughs> And they'd put candles on the stage and the worship team would sing instead of four songs, would sing nine songs. Is that how they did that in the 80s? Yes. It's, Just wanted to see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was the 80s. 80s and early 90s. I actually went to the camp to camp in the 80s too. Yeah. In your mom's uterus. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was Pierce. <laughs> no, I think yeah, I went barely, to my first yeah. I think yeah, I went you, to my first camp in like because you were 80, born in 81. So 89. Yeah. yeah. Or so it elementary. Was a, it would have been your elementary camp. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was. I mean, I think I actually went as like a sponsor. <laughs> I think I went to like RA camp when oh, I was cool. like, oh, dope. Like yeah. Real young. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah. Yes. So yeah, I was made in '89. Yeah, you were. Yeah. So these. Uh, <laughs> sure <it> says that. <laughs> <laughs> so I was born my, in '90. I was did made in '89. <laughs> 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 Off the production line in 90. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> Out the factory doors yeah. in 90. But <laughs> made in 89. Made in 89. <laughs> but, uh, really funny. but there was this expectation on Thursday nights, right? And so they'd turn the lights down and the worship team would sing longer. And man, these kids, so many, of, so many kids would go down to the front and just be crying and be holding hands and be hugging. Yep. Meanwhile, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they're all trying to hike to the secret waterfall to make out, but now mm-hmm. Thursday night, like it's this, right? And uh, yeah, that's you got to you got to do bad stuff to be broken of it on Thursday. <laughs> that's night. right. <laughs> and so, uh, so they would they would go uh, Thursday night was just this huge night, and then people get back and they're like, oh, it's just not like it was at camp. It's not the same as it was at camp, and then they feel like they're missing something with God mm-hmm. uh, because you know it's not the same uh, to listen to. Petra praise on your tape deck, <laughs> you know. Uh, we call them tape players when I was there. I don't know what you call them. Yeah. Did you really have a deck? You know what that like? It's a tape deck was like the whole thing. Yeah, the whole entire thing. Like I probably did. My dad did. You know, my dad had this big stereo with a it was a big like tape giant deck. speakers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Dope. but uh, but yeah. So I think I think that sometimes we call that complacency. Note, Petra was one of my first Christian albums, yeah. Christian tapes ever. Heck yeah. Uh, but I think we call that complacency and what we're, what, what we're missing, or, you know, we go to some event, we go to something and we get charged up with all these emotions and then we come back to normal life and we think, oh, it's just not as good as it was. And I don't think that that's necessarily complacency. I think it's just misplaced expectations. Yeah. Um, and, and so like, uh, I've never read it, uh, 
but I like the concept of it. I need to read it one day. But there's a, a book that uh, a guy wrote called The God of the Mundane. And the idea behind it is that we look for God in all these big moments, but we forget that he's also with the plumber who's under the sink fixing a busted pipe. Like he cares about your crack too. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but like for real, like we, we think that, that our lives are defined by these huge, massive moments with God. And maybe our lives are, the trajectory of our life has changed or shaped or whatever by those moments. But it's really like, I don't think the day in and day out faithfulness of just interacting with God is complacency. So I don't know if some of our listeners are going, man, it just, it feels like I've been doing the same thing for six months and I'm complacent. Maybe you mm-hmm. are, but maybe it's, it's just being faithful. So your point really is, which is a fa- fantastic point that the feeling of, we could call complacency, um, comes from not meeting an expectation. Yes. And so like, if you've had the camp experience where it was like this great, worship service, mm. you felt an emotion that becomes the expectation. Now right. that my life's like this. And so I think that, um, I think that sh- sure you could be at a place where you're like, I don't give a crap about this walk thing with Jesus. I'm just going to do my own thing. That's not what we're talking about. We're yeah, talking that's about probably not complacency at all. That's something probably, else. Yeah. yeah. Arrogance, selfishness, like yeah. something else. I mean, mm-hmm. and so I think we could, we could dive into what the cause of that is in this conversation. But I think that let me give you this thought. Um, <clears throat> Colossians 2, um, 6 says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. And then he tells you how to walk in him. Rooted and built up, or not how, this is how you are walking in him. You can say, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Interesting, um, the phrase, I teach this verse a lot, but the phrase built up in the Greek actually should be better translated being built up. Mm-hmm. So walk, walk in him, walk in Jesus. How? Understanding your root in Christ, understanding that God is building you up in Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's a foreign concept for people. Like, cause we usually, I think that's probably why it's translated built up is because mm-hmm. we usually think about it in terms of like, I got to build myself up in Christ yeah. rather than understanding that God is actually the one who's doing that work in my life. Yeah. And so a lot of times I think what happens is, is we have these, perspectives of expectation of what my life should look like. And a lot of it is based on a lot of those expectations are based on some kind of moral Christian standard that Mm -hmm. I've created for myself, or I've read a good book that sets this standard has, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the 20 million laws of the Christian or something like that. (laughs) Let's write that book. And the expectation causes me to feel like I'm not doing enough. And yet this is not the only verse that has this kind of reference Mm -hmm. where God is actually doing a work in your life to cause you to become more like him. It's it's a work he's doing. Now we could talk about like, I think a conversation could be had about what the speed of that is. Like is, is my submission to walk by the spirit or to walk in Jesus? Is that causing growth that happens quicker than someone who is like constantly pushing away from that, you know, constantly trying to get away from that growth, resisting that growth. Like that's a conversation to be had. But I think at the core of this conversation is recognizing that um, we got to throw out the expectations. Mm -hmm. Uh, Honestly, a practical, on a practical level, I think a lot of people struggle in their marriage because they have bad expectations. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's the same kind of thing. They they feel discontent in their marriage. It used to be so good. We got along really well. mm -hmm. Like, man, at the beginning, there was so much passion on our first date and all this. And now you're like, ah. Because the expectation is is put in the wrong place. And so if my expectation- You put an expectation on it that did not need to be there. Yep. Mm -hmm. So if my expectation is that the only time I'm really growing in Jesus is when I have this like elative, elative, elation or like this like motivated, like excited feeling inside of me. Other than if my thought is, if I don't feel that I'm not actually growing, then you're going to be constantly disappointed. Mm-hmm. You know, does that happen? Yes. Um, but it's not the, it's not the norm. The norm is yeah. the mundane. The norm is the yeah. day-to-day activities. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, now you, you might be listening and you might be thinking, I've just had a really difficult time reading my Bible lately. I've, I've been really good about reading my Bible or I've had a really difficult time praying lately. I'm just kind of out of it. I'm out of the groove. Again, what Mike is saying, I think, add to it, Micah, but is uh, the, the reason you feel like you're complacent, the reason you feel like you failed is because in your mind, you have a standard and expectation of what Bible reading should look like. Mm-hmm. 
So you're sitting there going, I'm not meeting my expectation or I'm not re- meeting the Christian expectation for Bible reading. Therefore, yeah. I'm in a bad place. Or I think maybe even just saying expectation at all. Yeah. Like, what if we, this is going to sound so sacrilegious. Dang, heathen. Whoa. What if you took that off the table? What if you took off the expectation completely that you had to read your Bible at all? Hmm. And I'm saying that very specifically, that you had to read your Bible at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you take that expectation off the table, now when you open the scripture, you get the heart of like what David says in the Psalms, like, you know, mm-hmm. like I long to know you. Yes. Uh, that's, I think that's the problem is that we have an expectation of Bible reading. Yeah. yeah. And if the expectation's there, we're going to not ever meet the standard. We're, we're coming to it out of obligation and duty. So when we don't meet the obligation or fulfill our duty, we feel disappointed. We feel let down. We feel like God's probably disappointed. We feel like we're not as good of Christians as we need to be. Uh-huh. Take it, the expectation off the table. Remove the expectation completely. And then when you're coming to the Bible, you're doing it from a place of desire and joy. Uh, you're doing it from a place where you're like, man, I want to I delight in God. Yeah, I which know. I think is, he's saying walk in him. The concept is do life in Jesus. It's not, mm-hmm. this isn't like, I mean, the phrase doesn't seem in the in in the text here to be separate from like life. He's saying like, do your life in Jesus, not like make sure you put Jesus into your day. Yeah, but yeah. like do your life in Jesus. So it's it's not like read your Bible for twenty four hours a day. Yeah, pray mm-hmm. for twenty four hours a day. Right. Well, so, I was, was going to ask that question, right? Because if you if you start with an expectation, the expectation continues to change. Yeah. So if you start with the expectation of, well, I'm a new believer, five minutes in the Word is enough a day. Then in a few years, like, man, I'm a little bit more mature believer. I'm leading a Bible study now. So I need to be in the Bible at least half an hour a day. And then, you know, at some point you're like, man, I need to be in the Bible for 12 hours a day just to be good, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and, and it's, uh, and then when you're not doing that, you're like, ah, I I used to do that and I don't now. Mm -hmm. So something's wrong with my relationship. First of all, let me, let me say this really clearly, um, from God's perspective, from God's side, from heaven to earth, um, there isn't anything you can do, having put faith in Jesus, there isn't anything you can do that can damper your relationship from mm-hmm. his perspective. He's not disappointed in you. He loves yeah. you. He cherishes you. So what that tells us is, uh, to Micah's point, is it is our mismanaged expectations that are causing us to feel like there's a gap. Yeah. Because from a theological perspective, there's no gap. No gap. Mm-hmm. No gap. Yeah. It's just so funny to me that we think that there is like the blood of Jesus is powerful enough to, to conquer sin and death, but not powerful enough yeah, yeah, to yeah. like get us through our day. Yeah. Or like you were talking about a few Sundays ago at church, like it's not powerful enough to help us overcome our sin. Right. Yeah. You know, we, we think somehow I got this God, I got to conquer this on my yeah. own. And I think it's this expectation that somehow we mm-hmm. have to be the ones to do this, t- t- to like push ourselves through life. I think... I really think uh, if you, that so sorry. was the remix version. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine him calling a cat to himself. There was a, there's a, there's a cat and Stevens over there is a cat. <laughs> Someone, uh, I, have a, I have a buddy who, uh, I just pro- threw you off. I'm sorry. <laughs> professional side note. Cause I'm off now. So I'm, I'm going off a professional <laughs> disc golfer named Silas. Shout out Silas Schultz. But he, uh, he does a lot of our media for Eagles wings. And he was telling me we had our annual conference in January in Florida. He was like, dude, I've never had such an easy time editing than you. And I was like, why? He goes, cause you have no ums or breaks, <laughs> but now I have a, I blew it. It's done for real. I think, I think removing the expectations and what I mean by expectations is like self-created standards that aren't standards that, that the Bible yeah. puts on us. Yeah. Like removing those expectations. Now I think we'll start to remove some of the feeling of like a false sense of complacency. What you're saying, mm-hmm. Ryan, is there's a lot of people who feel maybe um, like they can't be victorious in this Christian life because they're not meeting up to some kind of standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not they doing see, as good as I used to, so they feel... They see you and they yeah. hear you and they hear you preach, Pierce, and your passion. And I, one of the one of the uh, parents of our teenagers was like, man, my kids love when Pierce preaches because there's like so much energy and passion. Those you see you and they think, I just want to be like that that's the expectation that becomes a problem because now their expectation is, yeah. wait, what if it doesn't create that kind of passion in me? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Someone hears me preach and goes, I want that kind of excitement. Um, I mean, I'm not, when I'm running a board through the planer in my wood shop and um, nothing of Jesus is on my mind at that moment, I'm not like, oh my goodness, thank you, Jesus, for this piece of wood. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, 
that's a that's a weird expectation. I would yeah, feel really yeah. weird doing yeah. that. But in that moment, like even in those moments of like working in the wood shop or doing any kind of project, um, like on the house or something, my contentment lies in who I am in Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the times, man, I'll say this, because um, I'd like to get y'all's take on like the potential of growth. Like, is it speed up or slow down? Mm-hmm. Slow down is the wrong way to say it. Speed up or is hindered in its speed by what we do. I do notice a difference in my demeanor in the times in life when I am like letting the word be part of my life and the times of my life when it's not. Because I think that's what people want to know. They're like, they might be like, mm-hmm. hey, I hear you guys. Um, it's not my work. I can't have those expectations. But like, how do I, how do I walk in a way where I feel this connection with God? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I move to a place where I do feel that kind of connection? Um, so, I mean, interested to get y'all's thoughts on that. I don't, that sounds almost like I'm, I'm pausing because it sounds contrary to what we're saying. And that's not what I meant for it to be. No, you're good. I think you're clear. I didn't mean for it to be like, you can't do any, like, I think there is a sense where I'll say it this way. I mean, I could say it this way. I think you, you potentially could hinder the growth. Well, I, th- I think yeah. Paul hints at that. Yeah. Where? Uh, like don't quench the Holy spirit. You know, don't put out the Holy Spirit's fire. Mm. There are some warnings for those kinds of things. Um, I yeah. don't fully know what those mean, but there I mean, are I guess it could you. be, I guess it could be, and maybe this is what it is, the contrast in Galatians 5 of walking by the Spirit and not by the flesh. Mm. Um, we've talked, have we ever done an episode on that? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Couldn't remember. Um, so I know people text me all the time, like, hey man, I love that episode today. I'm like, I don't remember what, what episode I know. Yeah. But the, the contrast there is either walk by the spirit or walk in your own works. That's what he means mm-hmm. by flesh. We talked about that apparently in the episode. Like instead of doing it on my own, I let the spirit guide me through life. So maybe the hindrance is actually when I try to take it in my own hands yeah. and do it myself. We are like, the hindrance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, what's, I mean, I brought mere Christianity through the PCC, but he he compares, he talks about the complacency. I don't know what com, what comparison he used, but I think for our culture, the camp comparison is a, it's a brilliant comparison. And he talks about uh, marriage as well. He kind of talks about, I think that might've been his comparison is that too often or not, we think about, we think that marriage should be first date, second date, third date the entire time. Mm, right. And he said, we think we mirror that with, um, with the Christian lifestyle. We think, we think that the Christian life looks like first date, second date, third date, the entire time. Same thing as the camp illustration that we right. think that Christianity is the fourth night at camp. Emotions are sky high. I'm weeping. I'm screaming. I'm, I'm throwing confetti and then I'm crying yeah. and I'm on my knees and then I'm hugging and then, and I'm, I'm having all of these things all the time. I'm, I'm third date in with the person I'm like the love of my life all of the time. Mm. Then you get into marriage and it doesn't look like that all the time, but do you, but do you have that commitment? You, I mean, you, you said earlier that, um, I think it was last episode, I went on an anniversary trip with my wife and yet there were deeper connections with this. Um, oh, that was part of our conversation maybe before this episode. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, don't think it, I don't think it's on the recording. Oh, okay. Well, we yeah. were just talking about how like there's a deeper connection now than there was at my honeymoon. Even though my honeymoon was a more planned out trip, I went on this day trip with my wife that there's more intimate conversation. There's more intimate time. There's there's more detailed time. But that we've looks- We've had a kid together. We've had a kid together. We built a family. Yep. But like, but it looks so boring compared compared <laughs> compared to my compared to my honeymoon but there's so much more yep um it's richer it's deeper, richer and yeah. so like i think kind of what you're saying um about growth is that there's this now i think a lot of it goes back to as well understanding your relationship with god that it's not going anywhere that yeah. that there is a there is a sure foundation mm. based on the accomplishments of christ yeah that now that now that we have this foundation that will not crack that will not crumble that because of what christ accomplished at the cross because of what christ accomplished through the empty grave because our hope rests in that and because our hope rests in the fact that christ is coming back we now have a place before the throne of god for now through all eternity and we can sit before him with emotions at a sky high and through the days in and days out of this mundane life and uh, assuredly on in that same spot we don't have to prove it through whatever emotions we may have or however we may feel and i think a lot of the times that we have those emotions everything that you guys said in regards to expectations is 100 percent true and i think as a little sub note on that most of the time that we feel those crazy high emotions is because of 
guilt for something mm-hmm. because I mean, you brought up expect fail, failed expectations. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is expectations, and I think to give it an even finer point, the the umbrella I think is expectations. Mm-hmm. But the sub note to to really drive it home for most people is the guilt of not meeting those expectations. And so I felt, I felt quote unquote, felt closer to God for a long time, driving around and confessing to God, watching porn earlier that day or doing whatever 10 years ago. And now like, I mean, I think we talked about this a little bit at the end of our 2021, uh, kind of going into the new year, um, how there was just some times where I've had to question myself this past year of like, of realizing how much closer I am to God. Um, and you guys know what I mean by that. Yeah. Just like the level of growth. Yeah. But there hasn't been that that many of those moments. But having to realize the freedom from those moments shows and exemplifies the closeness that I now have with God. Yeah. Because I am, I'm not fleeing. Mm, that's probably too strong. I don't feel like I'm fleeing from that sure foundation that I have in him. I wasn't necessarily leaving my salvation or doing anything like that, but I'm not like in my mind running away from God. Right. I'm not in my mind turning to sin instead of pleasing God and therefore having to quote unquote return to God and having this like pleading, pleading to God to restore me to him, a misunderstanding my salvation, but rather I'm staying firm in that relationship and understanding our relationship. And so I would say that back then I was hindering the growth because I didn't have a sure understanding of my, of my right standing with him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was constantly, um, doubting myself because of, of my, because of however you want to phrase it. Yeah. Because of my expectation, because of, because of not reading my Bible, because I was supposed to look a certain way. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I think that once we shift our perspective from expectations and also with this sure foundation of our relationship with God and then just walk with him through the highs and the lows of every emotion in the same way as through the mundane, then we maintain that growth, if that makes sense. Yeah, I just had this thought when you Mm -hmm. said at the end, like the idea of walking with Jesus or walking in Jesus or walking by the spirit Mm -hmm. implies that you're not inserting that into your life, but that is your life. Yeah. So- If just random thought, like, I wonder if sometimes the feeling we have of complacency or disconnection from God is because we're actually trying to do it on our own and insert him into that rather than just Uh, living our life in him. So like, if, if my, if, if your thought is Pierce, like I felt this closeness with God at a point in my life when I was just like confessing things to him all day, you're creating a connection, but you're not actually doing life in him. He's just a piece of it. So like, if I'm, if my if my heart is my life revolves around Jesus, mm-hmm. then will I feel conviction over sin? Yeah. Yeah. Um, will I feel disconnected from God over sin? I don't think so. No. Right. Because you re- you're understanding you're reminded in the spirit in that moment that his grace covers you. And my guess, and I think we would say this is the case for our life, my guess is when your mindset shifts from law to grace and your mindset shifts from doing it on my own, I'm saying shifts from from <laughs> From walking by the flesh to the spirit. <laughs> we don't need to slap an E on, to, an e on this be, podcast. Just to yeah. be clear. Um, when, you, when your mindset changes <laughs> to that, I think you begin to um, like not feel that sense of disconnection. Right. Because you've recognized, holy crap, like my, my value to God now isn't based on what I do or don't do. I That's already I have value. Which is kind of what you were alluding to a second ago. Like, recognizing you have value. It's similar to that story you told a few weeks ago at church where you said, mm. once you realize that you actually were a professional artist, you started acting like one. Right. Mm, right. Like when you recognize, oh, my yeah. life rests in Jesus. Now I don't, I'm no longer slave to sin. I'm no longer obligated to please God on my own. Yeah. I've been rescued by the blood of Jesus. I'm now called a child of God. Nothing can ever change that. I'm covered by the grace of Jesus. My guess is what happens is, is we start looking at sin a different way. Mm-hmm. Yep. We start looking at our accomplishments a different way. Yeah. Um, and we start looking at growth from the <clears> sense of like, God, where are you going to take me? Rather than, holy crap, I feel like I'm just not the place I should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a totally different perspective. Let me, uh, let me play off of what you said and see. I, I like what you're saying there about, Micah, it's, you're trying to insert God into your life instead of living in Christ, walking in Christ. And so, yeah. uh, 
20 year old Ryan um, had read. Which was a long time ago. Yeah, nearly 27 years. <laughs> 20 year old Ryan had read the autobiography of George Mueller. He had read the Bible over 200 times in his life. Wait, wait. George Mueller read the Bible over 200 times. You said 20 year old, year old Ryan had read. Yeah, sorry. Had read. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was about to ask, had you read the Bible that many times yeah. at that age? So George Mueller, 20 year old Ryan read the autobiography of George Mueller. And Mueller had read the Bible over 200 gotcha. times in his life. I didn't know if you were talking about Ryan in like the weirdest no. way possible. <laughs> he hit <Yeah>. us. <laughs> and and I, I set out to do that. Like I said, mm -hmm. I was like, man, yeah. I want to know it like he knew it. And uh, yeah. I had a scripture memory kind of regime that I was working on, plan, uh, a, a prayer life um, that I was really building and working on. My buddy Scott and I met every Thursday night. Our church had like a 24-hour prayer room like a chapel mm -hmm. and we signed up for every Thursday from nine to 11. And, uh, and so we were there every Thursday for two years and doing that. And, and those were the things that I used to identify my closeness to God, mm -hmm. maybe not to other people, but, yeah. for, you. but for me, that's yeah. how I measured my proximity to God. Mm. And when those things, because of life or a change in location or whatever, began to slip from my life, the feeling I had was my relationship with God was slipping yeah, because I had set those things up as the markers of my life. Now, we've been talking about one, one single discipline, the discipline of reading the Bible, one single discipline. But, but whatever the thing is that you say, I'm complacent in my walk because, and then you say, I'm not praying like I used to, I'm not sharing my faith like I, whatever the thing is. So, so take what we're saying about the word of God and apply it to all the things that you're disappointed in yourself for today, whatever. <laughs> but, but just from a logical, practical standpoint. Mm -hmm. So, man, I, I just really hate that I used to teach this so much. So if, if, you, if you heard me teach 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, and I, and I used Psalm 119, 9 and 11, how can a young man keep his way pure by living according to your word? I've hidden your word in my heart so that I won't sin against you. Uh, David is not talking about the Bible there. I use that text wrong a lot. David is not talking about the Bible. He is talking specifically about the commands of God, the law. And how can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your law. Your word is really what he means. In Psalm 119, 176 verses, he talks about the statutes, the ordinances, the commandments, uh, these things over and over and over again. That's what David has in mind. We, we know that no one is righteous through the works of the law. That's what Paul says in Romans, right? And, and so the other thing to keep in mind is no one in the first century Israel had, had the Bible. Like right. there, was, there was a scroll of Isaiah, there was a scroll of Jeremiah, but like Paul's it writings- It probably wasn't accessible to everybody. No, it was mm -hmm. in the synagogue. Yeah. 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 Like the rabbis had access to it. Uh, the, the, the writings, I know <laughs> the writings of Paul, shut up both of you guys. I know <laughs> the, the writings of Paul, uh, were traveling in a set, a completed set with Hebrews included in that, at that point it was attributed to him, uh, at, by 110 AD. But that doesn't mean that everybody had a copy of that. It, there might be a copy that the church had. So this idea that you've got to read your Bible to be a good Christian that's a pretty new concept. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's a few hundred years old. Yeah. And, and so what I would like to propose to you who are listening is the reason oftentimes, this isn't going to hit every one of you, so we would like you to comment and, and let us help flesh this out for you, but the reason that many of us feel complacent, expectations again, but I'm going to try to say it in a different way. The, the reason that many of us feel complacent is because Certain standards have been set by Christian culture that say these are the markers of a faithful walk with Jesus. There's a book out called uh, uh, Christian Disciplines. Uh, it's a couple hundred years old or whatever, hundred years old, something like that. And a lot of people turn to that book and say, here's what the Christian's supposed to be about. Things that Paul doesn't say, by the way, and that mm -hmm. Jesus doesn't say, by the way, but that just people say, like, this is, this is what a good Christian should look like. And so now I have this book and that book and this preacher and that preacher and all these things about what a good Christian should look like. And man, I don't look like that today. Something's wrong in my relationship with God. And I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say like, we would have to say to Paul, like, we'd have to say to Paul, man, you, you didn't read the Bible every day. You're not very good. But it, let, me, let me point this out really quickly, okay? Just, it, it can't be the act. It cannot be the act because Paul as a Pharisee was not complacent. Prior to knowing Christ yeah. was not complacent. 
He knew the scriptures. He was a rock star in his culture. Yeah. He, he knew the law backwards and forwards according to the Pharisees. He was a chief Pharisee. According mm-hmm. to the law, he was perfect. He was zealous for the Pharisaical law and the Pharisaical traditions. And he did all of those perfectly, he says. Perfectly. So we would say Paul was not complacent. I would like to point out, Paul also had zero relationship with Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. None. And he says later in that text in Philippians 3 that those things were no value once he recognized Garbage. the value of knowing Jesus. Yep. That knowing Christ is greater. Mm-hmm. And so, so the aim, the, the simpler view is that the aim of all of this is to know and enjoy Jesus. And I think that's what we miss. Yeah. Everybody says no, and then they put a discipline with that. I want to know God, and so here's how I know him, is I put all these disciplines in. But like the idea is that you've, you've already been free of the obligation. There's no expectations. Right. So literally just go enjoy the relationship. Yeah. Now, what we think will happen is that sometimes that will lead you to pray with somebody where you wouldn't have a year ago. Yeah. And what we think will probably happen is there'll be a time that you're like, man, I just want to enjoy the scripture for a little bit this mm-hmm. morning. And what we think will probably happen is you'll be listening to maybe a worship song and it'll strike you. This is the thousandth time you've heard it, but maybe this day it just strikes mm-hmm. you differently and you're in delighting in God. But none of that is to create closeness to God. All of those things are coming naturally out of the closeness with God you have. Like, yep. Yep, yep. I don't know. Like I just, there's so much, I, I say this all the time that like, uh, in 26 years of ministry, one of the things that I, I've really, really loved doing is helping people enjoy marriage more. I, I just think marriage can be a blessing and can be rich and rewarding, just like I believe your relationship with Christ can be rich and rewarding. And inevitably, people will come and they'll say, man, our marriage is in trouble. We don't know what's going on. And uh, I try to be nicer about it than I used to. But I, I say, basically what I say is, well, you guys aren't loving each other. <laughs> like Christ loves each of you this way and you guys aren't showing each other the love of Christ. And inevitably, they both offer me examples of how they love each other. And so the husband will say, well, I bought her this really nice house. She has a new car. You know, we got to go to Hawaii last year and the wife will say, I keep the house in order. And so they're both offering things, disciplines, if you will. Mm -hmm. And yet the relationship's garbage. Um, And yet I've seen relationships all the time where they didn't have the big fancy house and they didn't get to go to Hawaii and they didn't, and their relationship's so rich. And it's just like, well, what did you guys do for, for your date night? And they're like, you know what? We, we got Whataburger and we went home and we watched the movie and sat on the couch next to each other under the same blanket or what, like yep. super simple stuff that like you're not having you're to- You're missing the, that there is a relationship. Yeah. It's a relationship. It's not an obligation. Yeah. And that, I mean, I think it plays out in marriage too. It's the obligation, the expectation well, that because, kills the relationship. Because marriage relationship's a picture of it's, the relationship yeah. between Christ and I mean, that's and a good people. point too is my, my guess is how you- yeah, how, how your relationship with God is is probably reflected in how your relationship is with other people, specifically marriage. your marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, like, same idea. Remove the expectations and just enjoy the opportunity. I think I was thinking about this when you were talking, Ryan, about the, the people haven't always had access to the scripture. Um, and, and still don't. Like, half the world a lot of still doesn't. Don't, yeah. yeah. Pierce, I don't know if, if you remember this when you were first traveling with me. Um, there was a time when I would, like, I would make sure that everybody saw me read my Bible hmm. when we first started. Well, when you were probably, I was probably still doing like this. Like the band or just everybody? everybody. Hmm. Just, it was more so that I, I mean, I, I had a discipline I was doing at right. that time, but I also wanted to make sure that people like recognize that I wasn't one of, because there's a lot of guys who do what I do, like travel, do I do ministry out on the road who could give a crap about Jesus and don't mm-hmm. know anything about the Bible. And I just didn't want to be in that camp. So part of yeah. it was, well, probably good intentions and probably part of it was like just to make sure people knew that I was mm-hmm. in the word. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at some point I was like, this is stupid. Yeah. Why, why does it matter? And so there are, you know, it's funny is like there are some weekends when I'm doing an event when um, I won't actually read or listen to the Bible at all the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. And there are some weekends that I'll, it'll be like, I'll listen to the Bible all the way there and all the way back. Mm-hmm. It just, it changes. Yeah. And I think that the the problem for a long time for me was that, my standard of quality time on those weekends was whether or not I spent a certain amount of time in the word. Or yeah. spend, and here's what I find now, as I've been, as we've all three of us have kind of moved away from that, that law mindset mm-hmm. into a grace mindset. I pray more. Mm-hmm. I pray I, more I literally still suck at praying. I pray more without, God, without the discipline. I used to, <laughs> well, did you not listen to this whole episode? <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Doing? Before we had kids, or I think even when Seth and Aiden were real little, 
um, after everybody went to bed, I would literally go, I've never told anybody this before. I would literally go in my office and get on my face for an hour, like literally on my face. Cause I was so, I was preaching this stuff and I was like, I'm not gum, doing he's it. holy. Man. I would, he is, yeah. I that's exactly the response. <laughs> and I realized at one point, like, I mean, is that good? Sure. It was fantastic. But I realized at one point it wasn't about the relationship. It was about right. the obligation to this like promise yeah. I had made that I was going to do this. Right. Um, and I think I pray more now. Yeah. I think there's this constant communication with me and God that wasn't there before. God is not a piece of my life now. He is yeah, my yeah. entire life. And I think that's a shift. Right. Is I I haven't once since we shifted our perspective. Well, I haven't really ever felt this way anyways, but I've I've never once for sure since we shift our perspective from law to grace gone, man, I feel like I'm a really terrible Christian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think we throw uh I don't think we throw Nehemiah under the bus who who says a prayer to God as he's going up to talk to the king. Like the king asks him, what are you talking to me about? And the Bible says, and I called out to the Lord. I I promise you, we've said this before. I promise you he didn't go, hold on. And 45 minutes later, like he's, you know what I mean? Like he's just, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah. And, and that's, that was just Nehemiah. Yeah. Like that's he, Nehemiah gets to Jerusalem, gets on his horse and rides around the city to see what the condition of the wall is. And he's talking to God while he's doing it. This is an example of a guy who's just like, I'm just doing what I'm doing. People look at a guy like Daniel and it, the Bible says he prayed three times every day as was his custom to do. And they go, see, that's what we should be like. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know that Nehemiah is the example or Daniel is the example. I think the example is that both of these men loved God mm-hmm. and, and their aim was to know and enjoy God. Yeah. And Daniel was a lot more rigid. He's more, he, he I was, was about to say, I think that, I think we're their personality exactly takes, it takes like. a different role in that yeah. too. Like some of you are, are Enneagram ones and everything's got to be like super structured for yeah. you. Yeah. And then some of us are eights and nines or we're in yeah. sevens. We're just like, I don't, I'm not and, on any structure. Yeah, and then exactly. Jonah doesn't pray to God until he's in the belly of a fish. You know what, I mean? you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's though? the like, structure I thought. I'm, <laughs> wait, I'm waiting to pray until I'm in a fish. <laughs> but, but here's my point. Each of these people is calling out to God because God is their, their uh, foundation. He's their strength. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, like I, I just think like we, we, ha- we make all these rules. We make mm-hmm. all these things like, and, and we, I, I, Micah, you, you said you would read your Bible to be seen, you know, for a couple of reasons, right? Just to dis- distinguish yourself. Well, I, I had to, I had to make myself, it's probably been five or six years ago. I had to make myself not read the Bible as much one year. So I'd been reading it pretty aggressively for like six years and I was reading it between four and six times every year. And so one year I just decided I can only read it once this year. <laughs> um, and, and the reason for that was kind of the same thing is like, I'd come to the point where all of my, uh, all of my self-worth was tied to how many times I was mm. getting through it instead of tied to Christ. Mm-hmm. And I was, my motives were not correct, you know? And then when I was missing a day, I felt like, man, God's probably mad at me today. I, here I, here I had a knock out the Bible by the end of February. And because I skipped three days in March, God's mad at me was my thought, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and yet, and yet how stupid of me to think that God likes me because I had read the Bible all the way through mm. in two months. Like yeah. that, that's what is winning me points, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, so complacency is probably not complacency. Complacency is probably a misunderstanding of the gospel and the grace of God and the love with which he loves us. And probably trying to do it on your own. 100%. I think that's what yeah. is, is misconstrued is, is you feel the sense of um, lack in your relationship with God because you have a standard of what you think it's supposed to look like. Yep. Instead of wiping the slate clean and going, I am rescued by the blood of Jesus Christ. Yep. I'm a child of God now. I have a relationship with the creator of the universe. So I'm just going to enjoy it. Yeah. And maybe today that looks like man, you know what? I want to open up the Bible and see what the Bible has to say. Maybe today it looks like, you know what? I want to go do this. Maybe I just want to go sit in nature and just like enjoy it. Like, I don't know. Maybe I got to be in my car for eight hours today. So I just had these random conversations with God in the car, you know? So like every day looks different. I think it's a great point, actually, sub point that our personality probably shapes that a little bit too. How could it not? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like the, the way that I read the Bible with all of my pens and the kind of the study method that I used in a, in a hundred years, you would never do that. Right. You well, know? and maybe to make the point as well, like, like I could probably ask you, I could probably ask you how many times you've read through the Bible and you could probably tell me pretty close or almost specifically. I could tell you hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. To, to within like a week. And <laughs> I have, I have zero idea yeah. how many times I've been through. Yeah. None. 
Um, I'm waiting to get through my first time, really. So I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I was thinking about it. I, well, it made me think about it when I got this Dwell app because it breaks it up. I'm doing the chronological one right now. Yeah. And it's broken up into a year. Um, But when I'm listening, I'm not, I don't usually just listen to like one days. Right. And I'm yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. So like, it hit me one day. I'm like, dude, I just knocked out like two weeks. Yeah. And so I have literally have no idea how much I've been through the Bible. And then there's, so that'll happen. And then I might not Kinda get to listen. me off that you're probably ahead of me. No, I doubt it. Cause I was going to say there's, but then my, because my schedule shifts so much, yeah. like I might be in an airport all day. Yeah. And I don't always listen. I don't actually usually listen to the Bible in an airport. Um, airports just kind of drive me nuts with like, yeah, it's yeah. hard to like, just, yeah. it becomes uh what'd you call it earlier? Background noise yeah, yeah, yeah. for me. And I don't, I mean, I think it's fine to have the Bible like pour over you like that. I just, uh, I, the way I'm going through it right now, I like want to yeah. pay attention. Yeah. So, so there might be a week I go through it where I'm not listening yeah. at all. So, you well, know, I could guess, but I have to, to the point of personality, you know exactly how many times you've been through it. And I have no idea. Yeah. Right now, I have one of my numbers is I'm listening to it. And one of my numbers is I'm reading it. And so I know what, like, I know oh both gosh. those numbers. But we would both say now. <laughs> I'll bleed together for me. <laughs> what, would, what we would agree on is like, that doesn't affect how our viewpoint is of our relationship with no. God. What yeah. it does is we recognize that there is a huge, huge, huge benefit in the ability we have to be able to read and listen to the word of God. Yeah. And so instead of going, this is an obligation, we go, holy crap, man, I actually get to hear and and see yeah. what God has said. Yep. Like, I want to take advantage of that because I want to know God and enjoy him more. And I think that's a way to do that. You, you, you wouldn't say, like probably Pierce, you would say the reason that you felt like your trip with Hannah recently was deeper and richer is because you know her better. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. You know, so Absolutely. I think that's it. And how how did you get to know her better? It wasn't by like saying, we checked the box off today. Like yeah, I spent sure. 10, 10 minutes with you today. Mm-hmm. I but, got your thought on this. It was because yeah. you actually spent time with there's her. A, there's a book called, uh, it might be called The Adventurer. Oh, it's The Adventure Challenge. The Adventure Challenge books. And they have some for couples and then they have some for the bedroom for couples and they have some for families and different things. And bedroom. Yeah. You turn your bedroom into an escape room. And and so uh, <laughs> it's it's 50 pages and each one has a challenge Golly. that's covered, you know, like with the scratch off stuff. So you don't know what the challenge is. <laughs> it's like but, a lottery ticket. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it tells you how much money it costs, if it costs money, a lot of them don't, or how much time oh, it's, it's like take. activities. Yeah. It's for your family to bond or different things. And and they so have that for the bedroom. Yeah, the scratch it off and just says have sex. Oh, what's yeah, <laughs> every every what's one of them. Yeah. It's just today you're going but to have sex. I, I was looking at the one. We'll what, put a link in the description. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was looking at one for the family, and it it's it says that uh, your family has to bake a cake. It only gave one example because they don't want to reveal all the ones that are in there, but it yeah, gives yeah. an example of the kind of stuff. So it said your family has to bake a cake. Two of the people in your family have to be blindfolded and they're the only ones who can touch the ingredients. <laughs> oh my That's gosh. Fun. And the other ones have to give them instructions. <laughs> That's awesome. And then you have to eat the cake without hands when it's done. And and it's and they're all about like, we want to build memories, you know, yeah. snap a photo, put it in this book so that your kids can always go, wow. What a great idea. So yeah, yeah, yeah. such a brilliant idea. But I was looking at the one for the couples and I looked at the examples and stuff. Like this isn't the bedroom couples that have that too, but I was looking at the, and I thought, like seriously, like Michelle and I seriously would rather just go pick up Wiener Snitzel and watch a Netflix show. Like that's us, you know. And like just for the Netflix and chill. And yeah, for right, right, right. And uh, yes, I understand all the implications. If you li- listeners think I'm naive, I just wonder, I was wondering where you're going with pick up Wiener Snitzel. So that, was, that was my first. Thought. It used to be called Dur Wiener Snitzel. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But but the point being, like, we're gonna order the book for the boys because it'd be a fun like family thing, like just yeah, yeah, weird yeah. quirky stuff. But it's not something that would really suit Michelle's and my relationship because we're not wired that way. Yeah. We'd, we'd, we'd really just rather put a movie on or a game on. A football Personality game or preferences. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's the thing. Like, we're not, like, we're not missing out. We kind of looked at some of the examples and we're like, I, I wouldn't want to do that. Like, that'd be <laughs> yeah. boring. You know, yeah. like, I, that wouldn't be enjoyable to me. I'd yeah. much rather just, <laughs> we go to dinner and then we walk through Target and then we, you know, whatever, whatever it is we do, but we're just, it's kind of us. We're just yeah. different. And so don't, don't overlook personality in all this yeah. too. So true. Absolutely. Yeah. So true. So true. Yeah. Simpler view of complacency. You don't have to be complacent. Understand, understand your relationship with God. Let your, I mean, 
keep crisis core, right? We're saying it all the time. <laughs> Are you listening? Um, keep crisis core. Um, understand your relationship with God. Understand it's going nowhere. Crisis accomplices is solid. Your relationship with Christ is going nowhere. No, I'm it's, just kidding. It's, go, it's going nowhere. What did I say? <laughs> I don't know. It just sounded like you said your relationship with Christ nowhere. is going nowhere. I'm sorry. Well, I, well, that's what I said. But when you say it that way, it's not what I meant. What I meant is, what I said is, it's going nowhere. Like, it's solid. It's go, like it, it's, it's staying right there. But that's so funny. Yeah. With the talks about growth. It will grow. <laughs> anyway, I should shut up. You guys did a good job simplifying everything. So funny. Yeah. Oh, so anyway, great. Mike, you got a simpler hack for us? I do. I do. It is. We uh, need a simpler t-shirt that says, don't worry, your relationship with Christ going is going nowhere. nowhere. I, mind it. I like that statement. It's solid. I, I love it too. <laughs> but you're but right. It's just funny. It's going nowhere. I'm going to get a t-shirt for you that says wiener stencil and chill. <laughs> right. Heck yeah. I'd wear it. I'd wear it. I want it to be wiener stencil colors though. My yeah. wife likes to pick up my wiener yeah. stencil. That's <laughs> <laughs> On the front. On the front of my wiener. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, it's cold. Um, most places, mm-hmm. it's probably really cold. Um, quick story: years ago, I was on a ski trip with a church. I was preaching for them on a ski trip, and we were leaving Winter Park, Colorado, to come home. This blizzard hit, and uh, we're on the interstate, and it's just like literally iced over. And one of the mm-hmm. problems was we couldn't we couldn't keep the windshield clean of ice because anytime you try to like squirt. Like, you know, all the dust and dirt flying up from the cars in front of you. Anytime you try to, like, squirt the windshield with the water, it freezes over again. Right, yeah, so yeah. it was just, like, this constant battle of, of stopping and scraping. And anyways, so uh, one way to fix that, if you wanted to uh, to keep your windshield washer fluid from freezing mm-hmm. when it is cold outside, is you can either add to the fluid vodka yeah, or 99% alcohol to the windshield wiper fluid and it'll keep it from freezing. And that'll keep you warm too. It'll keep you really yeah. warm. Just take a Just stick, stick your head out the window, take, <laughs> take a quick shot. <laughs> hey, pull the trigger, boy. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was just going to think, you know, like, take a shot, pour a shot in the <laughs> yeah. Because you guys, in your scenario, you're still drinking the windshield wiper fluid as well. It's having a good time. It's just water, right? Well, I mean, it's soapy water. Nah, it's true. <laughs> That's true. I mean, imagine if you just put vodka in there, it wouldn't freeze either. It'd just be the true, most expensive true. windshield wiper That's fluid. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> Straight vodka. It's not any soap or anything. That's any- what they do in Russia. Yeah. <laughs> nice. They get through the winters. Oh, man. Well, hey, we are <laughs> speaking of Russians, Stevens. <laughs> hey, hey, we're at the Garden Audio. We're hanging out here as always. You're going to want to give him a follow on Instagram at the Garden Audio is his tag. See what he's got going over there. You know, going on over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of vodka, <laughs> it's not even late. Like this normally yeah, happens know, when it's right. late. But it's it's five o'clock. <laughs> it's dinner time. Your it's, blood it's, sugar's it's low. Right. I, I just haven't eaten in a while. Uh, while you're over there on the social medias, we are at Simpler Pod on Facebook and Instagram. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Wherever you're listening to or watching this, subscribe, like, follow, leave a comment. That feeds into the algorithm that show that shoves our name into other people's faces. And we're not doing that for popularity. We're doing that because we want to see the community grow. We want more, more people to be a part of the conversation, more people to feed into this. And speaking of being a part of the conversation, if you guys have any topics or any, uh, any pushback or any, any constructive, constructive criticism to pour into this conversation or last week's conversation or anything, let us know. We want hey, to. What's up? Thanks to uh, Stacy for the idea. He was the one that suggested this topic. Oh, so, awesome! Yeah, Stacey. yeah. So please, like, listen to Pierce and yeah, and, and suggest things. Exactly. Yeah. We we do listen. We do take what you have to say. I mean, we did and, one, last month. We did one that Wendy suggested. Yeah, yeah we really appreciate it. And exactly. hey, Stacy. Side note. Um, would you make sure that Ryan's not so wimpy in his muscles anymore? Please, yeah, come on, Stacy. Come on, man. Let me come work out at your place. Whip me into shape. Yell at me. Exactly. We listen to you guys. We hear what you have to say. And we want to talk about what you guys want to talk about because we're all in this together. We're all growing together. We're all learning together. And you know what? As always, keep Christ as core. What could be simpler than that? We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Oh, I did it again. Man. No, no, no. I'm good. I did it again. We're good. We're beautiful. We're all beautiful. We're good. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>